Story Show listeners, Jeremy here along with uh, Angie Zollerbarker. All right. Uh, so we're here um, again to remind uh, uh, everyone. Wait, you never say your last name. <laughs> what? what? What's up? I just realized like mm. you're the guy that's like, hey guys, I'm Jeremy, like well, Madonna. <laughs> beyond, I, beyond Wait, say. dang it. I just aged myself so hard. Right. Yeah. I'm Jeremy, <laughs> which is really interesting because people rarely call me by my first name. Yeah. It's either CG, CG or they think my first name's Corey, which it's not. It's not. No, Corey's no. the first part of my last name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corey Greenis. Yeah. yeah. How did we, with these long last names, end up doing this together? I, I Well, I think it was the last names just have some sort of like <laughs> magnetic force. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure how that, I don't know a lot about physics. Yeah. Although, um... Yeah, no, I have yeah. nowhere to go with that. That's okay. it. That's the end. <laughs> but we're we're here. Okay. I it's this is Jeremy Corey Greenus. And Angie Solar Barker. Yeah. And uh yeah, so we're here to remind everyone about uh our next story show, which is January twelfth. The theme is Give Me Shelter. And uh, the charity this time is the Freeborn County Humane Society, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And um we've been talking about the theme and, and uh just how cool it is because we really think that it's going to uh, produce some a, a wide variety of stories, like have some really diverse topics. And and uh, so we're excited about that. Um, just a quick reminder of deadlines here. Okay, so coming up, we have our submission story, or story submission deadline on Thanksgiving Day, November 22nd. All right. And uh, folks can submit either directly through Gmail to mm-hmm. us at... What's our address? ALStoryShow at gmail.com. All right. Or our website, which is? TheStoryShow.org. All right. Click on Contact Us to get to the submit form. Cool. Yeah. And so you can just copy and paste your story right mm-hmm. into that form, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. And uh, we'll be shortly after Thanksgiving that weekend, we'll be weeding through the stories and making some selections, and mm-hmm. uh, then we'll be ready to announce our lineup and... Uh, Start the editing process and and get ready for the show. All good things. Yeah, all good things. So in this episode, uh, we've got our third story from last summer's Let Your Light Shine show, and it's by Alexa Drescher. So yeah, nineteen-year-old yeah. student at South Dakota State University. Um, Alexa might be nineteen, but man, she's got some bravery. She's She's tough. She she has lived a life. Yeah, she's, she's had a lot of challenges. And I just love this story because, um, well, we were talking a few minutes ago about how it, her story was written for Let Your Light Shine, but it really connects with themes from our previous show, the show before that, which was Invisibility, Invisibility. and also the Give Me Shelter theme from this show. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you want to talk a little bit about those connections? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the invisibility um, show was, we, we had so many amazing stories. And um, a lot of them focused on the idea that, like, you can't always see um, the things that are troubling or weighing on people or hard on people. And for Lex, that um, was true in, in the illness that she carried, that she um, wasn't very visible to people, but that didn't mean that she wasn't um, having struggles and things internally that um, both mentally and physically. Right. So she's showing up for school mm-hmm. basically every day, showing up for work, but feels horrible, is really sick, and but isn't showing that on the outside much. And so uh, 
part of her story is, is struggling with that. And, yeah. And, uh, but then, not to reveal too much here, but... Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, but the way that she deals with it is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and, how, and what gives her shelter from that suffering is, is pretty cool. So. Yeah, very inspiring. She's yeah. awesome. Absolutely. Alexa, you're awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> okay, great. Well, um, anything else we need to cover here? No, enjoy it. You will. She's a great uh, storyteller. I'm very excited to see the stuff she's going to have coming in the future because she's not done. No, she's still writing. Yeah. yeah. So enjoy it. Alexa Drescher and my near-death experience. Thanks. Alexa Drescher is a very outgoing and loud person who loves to talk nonstop about her cat, Nala. Some could say she's obsessed with Nala, posting numerous pictures and telling endless stories that no one finds interesting. Nala is Alexa's emotional support animal that she was given shortly after a diagnosis that changed her life. Surprisingly, the cat is not mentioned in the story, but it is definitely the light of Alexa's life. This is My Near-Death Experience by Alexa Drescher. I sit in the passenger side of my mom's car as we drive to Rochester, throwing up the breakfast I just ate. It feels like someone is stabbing me in my right side, leaving the knife in me, but every few seconds wiggling the blade back and forth, digging in a little deeper. Every bump on the road makes it worse until we finally arrive. This isn't my first emergency room visit. A week earlier, I'd been to the emergency room in Albert Lee. They couldn't find much, sent me on my way, and the pain subsided for a few days. That's what brings us to Mayo. After a few ultrasounds, lots of blood, urine samples, and a generous dose of painkillers, the doctors find that there was a stone lodged at the base of my right kidney, causing the initial discomfort, and subsequent swelling was causing new agonizing pain. The doctor tells my family that because I had increased fluids for tennis, my kidney was swelling and was a few hours away from rupturing. I would have surgery and a stent put in to expand the opening at the base of my kidney to create a larger hole for the stone to pass through. Once I knew the stone was removed, this wave of relief came over my entire body. Seeing the tiny stone that was no larger than a pepper kernel was so fascinating. Something so small made such a large impact on me. But now that era is over, everything's okay and I'm okay. Or so I think. Flash forward a few months. I'm called back to Rochester. I'm to meet with a doctor who specializes in nephrology. I get to the wing, not even noticing it was designated to one kind of kidney disease. I walk into the office, and Dr. Tran greets me with a kind smile and gentle handshake. I feel this dark and heavy presence lingering with me. But when I turn around, only my parents are following behind. Tran explains to me that they were looking at the ultrasounds and found small cysts inside of my kidney. She tells me that I have polycystic kidney disease, which means cysts are filling my kidneys, eventually causing them to fail. I feel that dark presence again now wrapping itself around me. As months continue on, I begin to feel helpless, like a burden to everyone around me, as if no one even cares that I'm dying right in front of their eyes. I don't look sick, Therefore, in their eyes, I'm in no danger. This caused me to push away everyone around me. I shoved them out. 
If no one cared now, then they wouldn't care if I died. This feeling gets worse. I plug in my earbuds and block out the world. I sit in classes staring at the clock slowly ticking and I write just enough notes to stay out of trouble. Every day, I imagine new ways to solve my problem. Driving in my car, I think to myself, just don't stop, the bus will stop you. Sitting in my room, I think, you don't need food, where are those oxy pills? In the shower, I think, turn the razor sideways and cut yourself. Even though I looked healthy, well, as healthy as an 80 pound 16 year old could look, I was really struggling internally. I had always been a strong student, and it wasn't until my grades slipped that my mother reached out to me asking if I was okay. I think my mom had suspected I was struggling earlier, but didn't know when or how to address it. When she did, I felt loved for the first time in months. My mom helped crack a hole in the wall I built around myself. A hole small enough for me to ask for a therapist. I wanted to talk to someone who would just listen and not say anything to me. I knew there was more to just feeling this upset because I had some kidney disease. My new therapist quickly concluded that I have severe depression. Depression is different for everyone. For me, it feels like someone putting their hands on my shoulders and pushing me under the water just to the point that my entire head is submerged. I know that if I could just get my feet on something, I could push against these hands and get out of the water. Every breath I take is so painful. My eyes begin to burn, so I close them. I'm weak, lifeless, and yet so heavy. I'm drowning and I can't find anything to help me. I begin to sink further and further into the water. Now, I'm not sad all the time, but imagine what it would feel like to laugh underwater. It hurts to be happy, it hurts to be alive. I begin to run out of air. Weeks, months pass, I mindlessly walk through life, and then something shakes me. Even though I'd been isolating in my own despair, a friend sees me and confides in me. She tells me that she wants to die. I'm confused. She seems so happy. How could she want to end such a beautiful life? Then it hits me. Life is not only cruel to me. We all suffer. My eyes finally open, still sinking in the deep, dark waters of depression. I get my feet on something. Feeling the support, I push as hard as I can, hoping to make it to the top. As I float up, pressure eases, my body and mind come alive again. With this weight lifted, I can get to the top of the water, letting my head break the surface. I can finally breathe again, the air is so crisp and cool. I begin to enjoy laughing again, no water to suffocate me. I start to appreciate that I was brought so low into that water. If I had never been pulled to the deepest, I wouldn't have had anything to push, put my feet on and push to freedom. In a split second, I turned everything around. I no longer despised life. Life is beautiful, sometimes cruel, but beautiful. The best part about life is you get to choose if you want to focus on the cruel or the beautiful. It's kind of like stargazing. You can look in the dark and vast beyond, questioning and doubting, or you can look at the shining stars that bring light to a dark night. I mean, bad things happen to all of us. There's so much more happening in my life during this time but I was limited to 1,500 words. <laughs> it's okay to focus on the cruel for a while because it helps bring more light on the good stuff. I'd been told about the serenity prayer years before my diagnosis, but I never really understood it until now. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. 
I can't change my illness. I can change my lifestyle. I'm fortunate because my particular depression is manageable enough that I can do something to make myself happy. And I knew what that thing was. I have to give happiness to people around me. So bringing a cup of coffee to a friend was more for me than it was for them. I used to give my things, I used to give my things away when I was a kid. Clothes, food, toys, you name it. If a classmate needed it more than I did that day, they got to have it. I didn't mind losing my stuff. I just like seeing their smiles. I want to make sure that others know they're wanted and cared about. I didn't feel that for so long. I deprived myself from getting that love by pulling inward and focusing too much on my own hurt. I will press my love onto people around me because I don't want them to sink as deep as I did. Today, my condition is still present. My depression is sitting in the background waiting to pop out and pull me down. But I know that if I keep giving love to those around me, I will never get too low ever again. I can be the light in someone's life. I can be their brightest star on their darkest night, and that keeps me afloat. Thank you. The Let Your Light Shine Story Show was produced by Riley Wirth, Jeremy Corey Greenis, and me, Angie Zoller Barker. Visit our webpage at thestoryshow.org and keep checking out our podcast. You can find us where you listen to your favorite podcast. Search for The Story Show in quotes.